You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Monday night. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. It's time for the Monday show. And, of course, we're in the Farm Bureau studios. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Farm Bureau can't beat the customer service, and you can't beat the customer service that Charlie Winfield offers you each and every week anytime he gets on the radio or TV. Charlie, good to see you. You want to tell everybody why we're late tonight, Bart? Had to do dog talk tonight. I enjoyed no, it. No, it's not had to. No, I mean, you they were c- able to. You you were privileged to do dog talk tonight. Th- that is exactly what I meant by it. I got a uh, call this morning asking if I could fill in for Jim. He could not do it tonight. And so, uh, yes, I hosted dog talk tonight with Chris Lamonis. Chris, hey, here's my question, real quick. Okay. I honestly think, and I'm not saying this to be nice to you, but I think some of the best things that I've seen you involved in are the interviews that you have done with the football coaches where you've gone to different restaurants in town and kind of sat down and talked to them. So when you were over there today with Chris Lamonis, you were at Uno Mas, I think. Uno Mas. Good place to eat. When you were there, did, were cameras rolling? Are we going to have a highlight film out of this? Maybe yeah, They actually had two cameras there tonight. They okay. had one that evidently was affixed to me and Chris, or Chris and I, and one that was just solo Chris. And so I think they had somebody over there with a switcher that was going back and forth. But this will be on the inside the HailStateAthletics.com-ish viewing, whatever. Check local listings. It'll be there somewhere. And I think it'll be on Facebook too, maybe. I don't know. I just talked in the microphones, all I do. All right, so let me ask you this. Did you get any indication of what the starting pitching rotation will be this week at Ole Miss? We will have the same pitching rotation we had this past weekend. I did get that out of Chris. All right. Will it be Brandon Smith on Friday? Thursday. This is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Is it really? You and I. I got lost on that again. So, Daniel Montgomery, who is the great runner in the athletic department, Daniel always has got something going on. And we talked about him on the broadcast on Saturday. Oh, he, he was the guy that you called out. Did he notice that, by the way? He walked to my office earlier today, and oh, Daniel, boy. who may be the one of the nicest guys ever, he says, hey, I heard you mention me on the broadcast. I said, really, how'd you know that? He said, I started getting texts, and I went back and rewound it and I was watching it. And I said, hey, Charlie said you were kind of getting out of work. And he says, hey, I don't want to correct you here, but uh, you guys have said on a number of occasions it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday this coming weekend against Ole Miss, and it's actually Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I said, really? Is it really? He says, yes, yeah, what the schedule says. But I was making my plans because I believe y'all more than I do the schedule. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. I, I disavow having said that. Okay. Yeah. So, so we, in any event, we're going to go Brandon Smith game one. We'll go Brandon Smith on Thursday. And then on Friday, we'll go back with Preston Johnson. On Saturday, Kate Smith. Okay. I can live with that. So, here's the matchup for Ole Miss. Okay. They're going to go with DeLucia, the junior college guy from Northwest Florida Junior College. They'll go with him on Thursday. Right-hander. Then they're going to go with a left-hander, Hayden Elliott, on Friday. And then on Saturday, Derek Diamond. And so I'm not knocking anybody here because I think if you look back at us this past weekend against Auburn, you'd have to say we got good starts out of all three starting pitchers this weekend. Yeah, we did. I'll tell you this, though. Man, that Saturday matchup, Cade Smith against Derek Diamond, 
I mean, pretty good matchup. That's a really good game three matchup. And if you start looking around the league and you start looking at how teams have played it and teams have pitched it, I thought Gonzalez was as good as Auburn had the other day. And he's and, their best guy. And we just talked about that a minute ago with with uh, Chris Lamonis on Dog Talk about how you know it's amazing when you look around the league how you're having some really good pitching matchups this year in game threes. And we talked about that a little bit on the broadcast on Saturday about how you normally think of game threes as these high scoring, it gets crazy. But when it normally when that normally happens, it's usually in the bullpen. And the only time I really saw that this weekend was A and M late against Georgia. They just piled it on Georgia late because Georgia ran out of pitching. So while we have been very, you know, cut back in our pitching because of some injuries, we haven't gotten to that point yet. All right, so it sounds like you guys had a a reasonably good discussion. He didn't share the formula for Coke or anything, I'm sure, but got a little bit. No uh, no updates, I'm guessing, on status of guys who might or might not have left games early this past weekend. I didn't ask. I, mean, I didn't. I did not ask, and uh, it's not because I'm I'm scared to ask the tough questions. Okay. I hear you are. <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't want to take anybody by surprise here. You know, this is a Mississippi State show we're talking right. about, okay? No, it's, it's off limits. I get that. Yeah, but, I, I couldn't say, hey, wink, wink, hey, let's share the news right now. We can't, you know. But I, I literally don't know. I did not even ask him that question off the air. But you know what? Let me tell you why I enjoy Chris Lamontis. It's because I have hosted Dog Talk on a number of occasions, and this is not a knock at previous coaches I've done Dog oh, Talk Oh, come with. on, call their names. Let's knock them. Uh, Merlin's, uh, Don, uh, something, whatever. Um, but I will say this, the great thing about Chris Lamonis is you can sit there and we did this. We talked about baseball. We talked about this past weekend. We talked about, talked about golf. We talked about him growing up an Astros fan and liking, you know, Cruz and Nolan Ryan and Scott and all those guys pitching with the Astros and, how he liked the Reds growing up as a kid. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff tonight. Did y'all eat over there? Yeah, I did, like we Can, always do. See, like I'm always worried about it, like eating on camera. No, I ate before. Okay. Here's what made me think about eating on camera is because when we did all the coaches with all these interviews a few years ago or last like, year. You're over there knocking down a knocking down some wings. half dozen wings or I so. I mean, and I got that on camera. And I'm sitting there eating, you know, some wings from two brothers. It's tough to be graceful knocking some wings back. Two things, wings and spaghetti. There's no way to eat those gracefully. And, man, I'm telling you, I was wolfing them down, and all of a sudden they show this Bart right there. And Tony uses the background like, golly, man, this guy's knocking back some wings. Do you so, go with, like, any fajitas over there? No, I go with a P5 burrito. That's a good call. You know, I've heard it argued that, see, if you think about the food, by the way, that's available now that was not available to us as kids. Like, if you went to the game, it was somewhere in my lifetime that nachos became a thing. Like, ball game nachos weren't always a thing. Fajitas weren't always a thing. That that arguably, we've had a big expansion. Wings weren't a thing. I think fajitas is one of the biggest breakthroughs in, in modern history in restaurants. I really do. And but, but there are entire restaurants built around two things. Chicken fingers. That wasn't always a thing. No. You know, that was like chicken tenders were a kind of an anomaly, right? And you now, went to churches and got the bucket mixed. We used to go to Woody's and Knox Pair. All right. So 
good food too. I mean, they put something in those chicken. I'm oh, talking about something stuff. illegal in the batter. And chicken wings was my other. Those are two. Like if you were making a list of the big deals in the food world. But I never got into chicken wings, and I know we're going to talk baseball in a second. I never got into chicken wings until I was in college at the Old Grill, which I was just at with Uno Moss. I mean, that place on Thursday nights holds a special place in my heart. I mean, I feel like I'm about to walk in and just kill about 20 wings. Cheese sticks weren't always a thing, but that was something I liked at the Old Grill. Yeah, that was good. That was kind of a new thing, too. Cheese sticks didn't come along until I was in college, really. Yes, well, yes, we could do an entire Podcast. You talk about fajitas, though. Some people don't like fajitas because they feel like they're having to make their own food. Like Jen will not order fajitas. She will eat. She will eat a fajitas quesadilla, but she will not eat fajitas because she doesn't have to fix the fajitas quesadilla. I like it because it saves me time giving the hold these, hold the this, hold the that. Just kind of make your own. Yeah, kind of go your own there. But it's all about the the difference in the fold of the right, tortilla. So before we talk baseball, I do feel like. Um, you know, you've kind of been bringing us in with a few things that have happened on this day in the past. Man. And I've actually been worked up about this today because it really occurred to me that basically 86% of the week gets left out of this. Well, and I'm trying to decide, like, you made this like a Monday thing to come in and, you know, on this day. And I, I bet, because you're looking at your phone, that you have an on-this-day list already. I do have an on-this-day, and what I'll do is I'll cut down on some of these. Okay? Shouldn't we have, like, an in-this-week? No, let's do on-this-day. you got to narrow it so down. So we got to go for seven years to get the full cycle then. Yeah, today is Courtney Kardashian's birthday. Did you know that? She uh, you lost me. 43. Uh, you lost me. Okay. She was married to that guy who was a drummer for Blink. She just got married, like, last week, week before last. Well, happy nuptials. Absolutely. I wonder how long that one will last. This day in 1506, Pope Julius II laid the first stone of a new St. Peter's Basilica in Vatican City. Uh, do you know what a basilica is, by the way? It's a form of a church, right? Yeah, it is a cathedral, but a cathedral that has been deemed to have special significance. I would say St. Peter's Basilica has special... It qualifies. It, it, it does, okay. 1775, Paul Revere a renowned silversmith, rode through Boston on horseback to alert residents of an imminent attack by British troops. So I know a little bit about this, and there's just one little historical note I would like to add here. One of by land, two by sea? Well, that, of course, in the church tower. But there was uh, actually nothing. Everybody says that Paul Revere went around, and questionable how far he got, by the way, before being detained. But Paul Revere did not say the British are coming because the colonial citizens at that time viewed themselves as British. So that would be like saying, you know, the Americans are coming. We here, are come, here come our other folks. Yeah, so it was the regulars or are coming or the Redcoats are coming is what he would have said. Okay, the Redcoats. You ever see Outlander? No. That's a bad, they're a bad deal in, in Outlander. All right, Jen watches Outlander. 1981, yes, the band announces breakup. Yes, of course, they sang Owner of a Lonely Heart. But the breakup took Steve Howe and Jeff Downs to form Asia. And they sang Heat of the Moment. If you had a choice between Owner of a Lonely Heart or Heat of the Moment, where are you going? Oh, Heat of the Moment. That's yeah. a classic. No doubt. 
You know, when I get ready to do some karaoke, that's where I go with Heat of the Moment. In 2008, NBA owners – I go get, Nate Dogg and Warren G's regulate, by the way. Got no problem with that. I think I've – no, I've never done that one before. But I will. The next time I go to Dave's, I'm coming out with Warren G, Nate Dogg, with two G's. Dog with two G's. Yeah, you got to emphasize the G. Yeah. Uh, second G is silent is what it is. In 2008, NBA owners give approval of a potential move from the from Seattle, the Supersonics, moving to Oklahoma City by the Board of Governors. So that's when the Oklahoma City Thunder. Back when the Supersonics were a big deal. So George Carl was the coach of the Supersonics, and one of my favorite quotes that I've used often, even on this show, George Carl used to say about his team, I want them to play out of control and then I'll rein them back in. I don't ever want to have a team that I have to push. And I kind of like that mentality. Sean Kemp? Yeah, he was a machine. Detlef Shrimp? Yeah. Remember Detlef Shrimp? Oh, yeah, sure. All right, who was the guy that could really shoot? They had a guy that could really, really shoot. I can't remember. Back in the day, I can't remember. I have to think that through. How how do I do, too? All right, so anyway, that's on this day. Hey, Dick Clark died on this day, 2012. April the 18th. So Dick Clark rocking in the new gear every year. That was kind of a thing as a kid, watch Dick Clark. I just can't bring myself to watch, what's that guy? Ryan Seacrest. He went to Georgia. You know that? Dick Clark was all. you know why I like Dick Clark? Dick Clark was always positive about everything. Dick Clark was always positive, and I like that. I like glass half full. And also on this day in 1955, physicist Albert Einstein passed away at the age of 76. Einstein, overrated? I think a little bit. think a little bit. Who was the cat that did uh, what, mo- what goes up must come down? Did he do the apple? Oh, Sir Isaac Newton? Yeah. I think Einstein was a Sir Isaac Newton ripoff. Well, that's a, <laughs> the whole theory of relativity and all that. <laughs> I don't know that I want to call him a sham, just maybe overrated. Okay. All right. So that's what happened on this day, April the 18th. And so it's a busy, big day in the world of sports. Hey, looking around the SEC, and this is going to be a quick show tonight, I think, because normally we have two games that we talk about on Sunday Coffee, and then the third is played, and then we talk about that on our Monday show. Of course, we played all three of these games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so we got Jackson State tomorrow night. Are we pitching? I don't think we know yet. I think it's going to be a bullpen game. I did learn that. Also learned that. Ask that question. Do you think you'll see two or three guys, four guys, or do you think you see bullpen? And Chris Lamona says, I think you see bullpen against Jackson State. Now, here's the thing about you know Omar and all those guys at Jackson State. They're decent. I mean, they're they're 18 and 18. And we saw early in the year what Gramley could do. They're going to probably throw a left-hander that throws about 75. So you kind of wonder what that does to us offensively tomorrow night. So mm. it's not supposed to rain, thank goodness, is it? No, I think we're good. I think we're good the rest of the week. All right, looking back, and one of the things we did talk about on uh, Dog Talk, and please forgive me if you've already listened to Dog Talk before listening to the show. Um, looking where everything is right now, Tennessee's 14-1. and Arkansas is 11-4. Those are the two teams atop the SEC. Did you see where uh, Tony Vitello got four games from the NCAA. Did you think that was more or less than you thought you were going to see? Well, apparently it's the rule. Is it? Yeah. Now, that's probably about right. 
So the the tweet that was being shared by some of the Tennessee media about how, man, he got into it with Danny White, the AD, and he's gone for the rest of the year. You saying that guy was overreacting? This Twitter. Well, yeah, and there's a whole lot of shocking news. There's some <laughs> false information out on Twitter. Hey, brief detour. Something I did see on Twitter today that I was interested in, Eric Sarantola pitched really well yesterday. Very well. Did you see the video of yes, that? Yes, I did. Watched I'm like, it. oh, my gosh, where are you? Yeah. We always said, and, and let me tell you, that guy's going to pitch in the big leagues. He's going to pitch in the big leagues. It's going to be just like Brandon. I mean, it's going to click for him. One day you just show up at the ballpark and you're like, you know what? It works. And and that's what we're going to see out of, of Eric Sarantola. All right, looking back at the weekend, let's have our Player of the Weekend brought to you by Heartland Catfish. Heartland producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish in the world, and it's right here in the Mississippi Delta over in Itabina. Heartland, uh, they can find that great Heartland Catfish at restaurants throughout the southeast as well as grocery stores. And one of the great restaurants you can get that great catfish is Nick's Barbecue in Carlisle, Arkansas. It's not just about the barbecue. It's also about that great catfish that's on there, and, man, they can get it grilled as well. But those catfish plates, snacks, appetizers, whatever you want at Nick's Barbecue in the Carlisle, Arkansas, and you just can't beat the fish that they serve, and they get it from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. And so, Charlie, who is your Heartland Catfish player of the weekend? So when I'm – I want some clarification here. When I am picking a player of the weekend – is a pitcher a player, or are we going to have a separate pitcher of the weekend? We we typically have a pitcher of the weekend, do we not? Don't we have a pitcher of the weekend we do as well? I think that we do. I just want some clarification before I make my selection. And this could be controversial. Okay. I'm known for ginning up a little controversy now and then. And here comes my controversial take. My player of the weekend, Hunter Hines. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why I want Hunter Hines. The first thing to know about Hunter Hines is the guy had a hit in every ball game this weekend. And you say, all right, so what? Big deal. This is a guy who had been struggling. And he goes two for four in the game on Saturday. Has He hit a ball as far as we've seen one hit into the wind. See, I've got my days wrong again. I'm telling you, it seems like it, man. It's, it's the, crazy. The middle game to me just ought to be a Saturday. He went two for four on Friday in right. the middle game. But he had a hit in the two others. And that home run that he hit in game three into the wind was just a shot. And so here's the thing for me. If we're going to have the kind of season we want, somebody – we've seen Jaeger step it up. Hunter Hines had a rough patch there. Six games, seven games or so. Him coming out of that, I think, is a really big deal, and against a good team and against good pitching. And it's a good it's a good pitching team. But Charlie, you just mentioned there's one thing for an older guy to come out of it, you know. But how many times have you seen freshmen when they hit that wall? And it may be game thirty, it may be game forty, it may be game fifty, that they just can't come out of it. And because your head is swimming, and the harder you try, the deeper in debt you get. But I, I like I like that pick with Hunter Hines because he did kind of re-engage back in the season. Now, I'm going to go with Brad Cumbus. And the reason I'm going to go with Brad Cumbus, I thought his home run in the Thursday game was so big. You're down 5-3. to three. You go to the seventh inning. 
He gets the solo home run. You get it back to five to four. And then Jaeger hits the home run to tie it. I thought that was massive. And he goes four for five in the middle. Yeah, he goes four for five in the middle. I mean, he had the, you know had a big three-run home run in seventh inning in the game on Friday, that game too. And so, and hey, let me tell you this. Barring Bryson Ware, the left fielder for Auburn, who made a perfect throw, he has a game-time base hit in the game on Saturday. Yeah, Cumbus is probably the smart pick there, but I'm grading on a curve a little bit. I'm grading against expectation. Brad Cumbus had a good weekend. He and, did. You know, I'll be honest with you. You start talking about measuring guys against expectations. I thought early in the season last year that Brad Cumbus would prove to be a liability at the plate. I didn't think he would be able to hit SEC pitching. I mean, he's just that big guy. The bat looks tiny in his hands. He hits a ton of ground balls hard to the left side. But when he had that double the opposite field, that to me that was one of his biggest hits of the weekend. Yeah. Kind of fighting one off the hands going the other way. The guy's a legitimate SEC baseball player. He is. And so those are our players of the weekend brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. And once again, you can get that great Heartland Catfish at Nick's Barbecue in Carlisle, Arkansas. And Charlie, you talked about it a minute ago. And hey, we're going to have a quick show for you tonight. Here's our pitcher of the weekend brought to you by our friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Who'd you go with with your pitcher of the weekend? Preston Johnson. Yeah. Preston Johnson's numbers are made worse by the fact that Mississippi State tried to get one more inning out of him when he was done. He was done, and you could see it. They knew it. They were trying to avoid going to the bullpen. Which So I just think you got to go him. Yeah, and I, you know, Kate Smith pitched great. I that's mean, he. Looking back at the weekend, you have to be ecstatic about what you got after your starting pitching because Brandon Smith became the guy that came back on short day rest because he pitched last weekend against LSU in relief in the Saturday game, and then he has to come back on Thursday and draw the start, and he goes five innings on Thursday, he gives up a home run to Nate Larue, and I thought that may have been the only hit Larue had all weekend. He just ran into one. But I thought, you know, you got a good start in the Thursday game, kind of get off to, you know, game one of a series. Auburn's got a good one over there on the other side with a with a left-hander. And so, you know, you uh, you came out and and did okay with Brandon Smith. We're going to have to have Brandon Smith. I mean, he's pitched a lot lately. And what I mean by that, so you go back, he pitched in a midweek game against UT Martin, turns around four days later. So he goes four innings against UT Martin. Turns around four days later and goes six innings against LSU. Turns around five days later and goes five innings against Auburn. So he's not even getting a full rest between these outings. And so, yeah, I have a full you know week's rest this week. I don't think we'll see him tomorrow night at all you know, of all the guys we're throwing. Hey, let me tell you something, man. We're jumping into, before we talk about that, of course, that's our pitcher of the weekend. I'm going to, you know, those are our pictures of the weekend brought to you by our friends at uh, Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, you just bet, can't beat Country Pleasing. I have gotten to wear every game, Charlie, I get a sausage dog. Every game. That, to me, growing up, coming to the ballpark and coming to ball games as a kid, I always want, I always wanted to get a hot dog. I don't know. It was just, it was different. It was those big old juicy jumbos from Brian, okay? And to me, coming to the ballpark, that was just something different that you just couldn't get anywhere. Now, of course, you can get country pleasing at your house now, right? But, man, they do it right at the stadium. 
They put that slaw on top of it. Oh, my goodness. Those things are incredible. You know, we cooked a new one that I'd never had last night because we light up the grill for Easter. Yep. Have a little Easter egg hunt around the house. And uh, now if we light up the grill, there's country pleasing on there. Did you have country pleasing and lamb? Is that what you had? Did you all eat lamb for Christmas or for uh, for Easter? No. Okay. Never had it. Never had it. Nope. So we had the green onion. I'd never had the green onion yep. before. Really liked it. So one time, this has been about 10 years ago, right? I mentioned to my dad, who has known Henry Cooper for a long, long time. And and Henry has been a, you know, Henry's one of those guys that, that you feels like family for your entire life. And I said something, I was like, man, I tell you what, the to me, one of the, my favorite sausages is the green onion. And that was one of the first offs that he had he had the original and the green onion was man it may have been the first one that was outside of i was like man i love that green onion and my dad brings me a case of green onion and i ate green onion and ate green onion and ate green onion and so now it's almost like i don't go back to green onion but but every time i eat it i like it i can't get away from the jalapeno cheddar so no you're right though that's a great addition to the ballpark it really is go get those we always cooked sausage in the outfield when I was a kid, so there's something about baseball and sausage for me. Yeah. Um, all right, so you and I have the game tomorrow night. Yep. Jackson State coming to town. Then we've got, what, two weekends off now? Yep, two weekends off. Playing the midweek next week against Ole Miss and Pearl. So, man, hey, tomorrow's going to be the last time we talk for a while on the air. Um, so and some may be thankful for that. Absolutely. And that's fine if you are. We're not going to. Tweet you back, get mad at you in any way. Um, all right, so looking around the league and, uh, you know, what happened this past weekend, real quick. Yes, yeah, so you were telling us about Tony Vitello and uh, his four games. Then we've got uh, Arkansas sweeping LSU. That was surprising. That was very surprising. Did you see where Jeff Head and Scott Klein – did you see all this? Yes. The LSU um yeah, the LSU batter called, wouldn't get in the batter's box. Oh, it was the DH. Yeah. And wouldn't stay in the wouldn't get Joe in, Bear, that's it. Joe Bear. He stepped out of the box and sat sat there for a few minutes and they called him out for not getting in the box. So one of the things that jumped out at me about LSU when they were in town is they took a lot of visits. They took their time. They'd go have the full meeting at the mound before they made a pitching change. They'd step out a while, they'd slow the game down every way they could. I know Ben McDonald, and look, I'm never going to publicly disagree with Ben McDonald. He knows more than I do. But he was he was a little upset. I I don't know that we've seen anybody. A lot of people are saying, well, it's not being called consistently. I don't know that we've seen anybody slow it down as much as LSU. The other thing that I don't know is how many warnings were given there. And what was Scott Klein saying to Joe Bear? Hey, son, get in here. Come on now. Hey, come on. Come on now. And finally, you see Klein saying something to him, and Jeff Head, who has the, the clock in his hand, who has the stopwatch, finally says, all right, that's enough. I, I understand what they're trying to do. And I understand about stepping off, and you have to have – to me, that's the dumbest thing that they came up with. you got to have – Oh, gotta, my goodness. They're, and that's why – so let's back up real quick. The rule now says, at least the application of it, what they say is you have to, the phrase they kept using was you have to drive some action within 20 seconds. And so stepping off the rubber is not enough, 
but stepping off the rubber and even faking a pickoff move is enough. And so that's why all weekend long you saw guys take a step. And raise the ball up in the hand. And raise the ball up in the hand and make a – had they let go of the ball, it wouldn't have gone three feet making a yeah. fake throw. It's just waving at the base with the baseball. And Ben McDonald's point I think is right when he said this. We're doing all this to make a three-hour and 15-minute game a three-hour and 11-minute game. Yeah. I mean, what, what's – I guess – and some people disagree with me. I've never felt like baseball is too long. Well, I somewhat do time, at times. Well, it gets four hours. Yeah. But look, when I get out to the game and I set up in the outfield. I know. You want to watch baseball. Give me a couple hours. I'm good here. Well, I'm hey, I, I can see both sides of it. I really can. Um, also looking around the league, you know, Kentucky lost two out of three against Missouri this weekend. So now you've got Kentucky, Missouri, and Ole Miss now five and ten. If you'd have told, told me a month ago that Ole Miss would be in last place in the SEC West. I told you were crazy. I would have said you were crazy because the thing that I thought is that they would have enough hitting to cover up any pitching deficiencies. I wasn't sold on their pitching, but I was sold on that lineup offensively. And I will say this, too. I'm not talking negatively about Ole Miss. We're only one game up on them. I'm not saying anything negative about Ole Miss until we play them, right? So all you people out there wanting to tweet and everything going crazy about Ole Miss and everything, just wait. Just wait, okay? You don't talk trash before the game. No, there's – Certainly not when you're three games under 500. I would not have taken South Carolina to beat Ole Miss two out of three this weekend. I would not have said A&M would have beat Georgia two out of three this weekend. Vandy, fledgling, Florida won two out of three in Nashville. That's kind of just the surprise right now looking at this year about Vandy and Ole Miss and us. I mean, we're three teams in the top ten in the country early in the year. That Right now, we've got a lot of room to make up here at the end of the year. I like to think of it as opportunities for improvement. We do have opportunities for improvement. Hey, Charlie, enjoyed it. That's a good uh, That's a good time for a Monday show. We knocked out about 30 minutes worth. All right. Well, All right. I, hey. guess, uh, I guess we're done here. You got anything else? Anything else you want to address? Anybody you want to, you know, take the task? No. Got to figure out somebody to talk to in the midweek. I'll give you one uh, hot sports opinion here, Bart. What's that? I missed not one bit having a spring game. <laughs> you know, we had the radio broadcast of the spring game. And uh, interviews just wasn't a game. Yeah, it just did not have a first play of the spring game. Here's my problem with, uh, with scrimmages. You know, people ask me all the time, hey, did you go out to practice? What did you think? You know, I try not to be that glass half empty guy, but if we go to practice – and our offense is ripping and roaring up and down the field, what's the first thing you think of? What's wrong with our defense? You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And so if if the defensive guy makes a great play, you're like, well, we got to we got to sit that quarterback. So, anyway. I just don't draw too much from those. I think baseball-wise, though, we have an important stretch coming up. Here's my question to you. Focusing solely on weekend games – the next six, you've got Ole Miss and Missouri. When we come in here for the Monday show after Missouri, what is the minimum number of wins that you will take out of six and feel that it was somewhat acceptable? And why is the answer four? Well, I was about to say four, and I hate to say that because you are about to go on the road, and you're about to go on the road to Oxford. 
But this is a point I brought up to Chris Lamontis a minute ago too, was it just seems to me like teams that play in big environments, the road doesn't matter to them as much. Is that a fair point? I mean, you start looking at Arkansas. I want to be clear that you're not referring to Missouri as a big environment. You've been to their stadium, haven't you, such as it is? Oh, yeah. But no, I'm talking about this weekend. I'm, okay. not, I'm not getting ahead of myself. I mean, the next weekend you got to, you know, play the part of, you know, you're Madison Central and you're about to go to Edinburgh, right? <laughs> and so you just can't overlook <laughs> – you just can't overlook the situation. And so this weekend you're going to go in front of a big crowd. They got double-decker or whatever they call it this weekend. And – uh but, you know, you play in front of a big crowd. Sometimes it's a little bit of a release. How many of our games are on the big network this weekend? Isn't it two? Is that what it is? So just one SEC plus? I think so. I think you'll have Thursday and Saturday as I actually – this is me just spouting off the hip right now. But I think there's two games on TV this weekend, and then you got the plus for one game. Um And, and I also say this, too, whether it be Colmeyer or whether Richard's doing a game on – Friday, whoever does a plus game, they'll do a good job. Yeah, those guys are good. They'll 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 do they'll do a good job. Well, so, does Delucci do those still? He used to do some. Um, I think he does. Keith may do a game or two every now and then. They got different a lot of different guys. Keith will do a game or two, and anyway, Delucci will do some. I don't know if they'll have Delucci in the studios in Charlotte this weekend or not. I like David. David's a good guy. David Delucci. Yeah, good dude. So, all right. Hey, thanks to our great sponsors, Farm Bureau, of course. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. We're in the Farm Bureau studios. Our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland, you just can't beat the quality of Heartland Catfish. And you get it at Nick's Barbecue in Carlisle, Arkansas. Our good friends at Country Meat Packers and Country Pleasing Sausage. And also our good friends at Bank First. Moe Griffin, Marcus Mallory, all those great guys. Dennis Bach, Johnny Ray, John Shapley. All those are great people at Bank First. Go to bankfirstfs.com for any banking need that you possibly could have. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the Monday show.